You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'll tell you what, I can't tell you how many times I've seen that video, but every time I see it, it moves my heart because it reminds me of why God's called me and what he has us doing. It's not something that, it's it's extremely important. People's lives are changed for eternity's sake. Can you say praise the Lord? And I want to say thank you so much, Pastor, for having us once again this year and, uh, and for going with us in 2023. You know, when you look at the video, you say, well, what is all involved here? Well, we're a medical missions endeavor, And the medical gets us in the door. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Medical gets us in the door. We say, hey, listen, we can come in and we can do this, 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 and this for your country. But you have to do this, 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 and this for us. And they have done that from the very beginning over 20 years ago. In the last 19 years, we have taken $245 million of donated medicine and medical supplies into that country and blessed that nation. The public, yes, amen, the public health department has said that conservatively, we've impacted 22% of their entire nation, which is 10 and a half million people. Can you say amen? So this is all good stuff, but it's because of you. I said it's because of you. I mean, we can't send ourselves. You guys got to send us. And there's other people like us, missionaries, that you guys support, that your monthly support makes it happen. Without you sending them, they can't reach the people. We have seen over a quarter of a million people come to know Christ as their Savior in the Dominican Republic. Seven of the president's cabinet members have given their lives to Christ. One president has given his life to Christ. We've been able to pray over them. So God has given us uncommon favor in this country, and it's because of people like you all across the United States who have missions conventions such as this, missions encounter weekends, where they give you an opportunity to sow seed into good fertile soil and to see that soil bring forth fruit. Can you say amen? Amen. So I want to say thank you, your pastor, and to each and every one of you for all that you have done. Listen, also, just to let you know, you don't have to be medical to go on the trip. I am not a medical person. If I operate on you, you shall surely die. That's all there is to it. Um, I am a pastor, and God called me to give birth to uh, Hope International Ministries. And he said, I said, God, I don't know anything about medicine. I've I've never done. And he said, listen, if you'll be obedient, I'll bring people alongside of you that can do what you can't do. And that's exactly what he's done. He's brought some of the most incredible medical professionals in the entire country alongside of us who are our core team, our core medical team. And we look for medical professionals of every kind. Any kind of medical professional that you find in a hospital, we need you on this trip. You say, well, I'm not medical. That's okay. We need 65 to 70% of our team to be non-medical to facilitate the medical side of our missionary endeavor. All those people that you saw lined up, most of them have never seen a, a doctor before in their entire lives. We need dentists. We need optometrists. We need pharmacists. We, we need them all. And uh, we need you 
Because we need people to do logistics. We need people to do evangelism. We need people to do youth and children's ministries. We also need people that love basketball. Anybody here love basketball? Any guys? Okay, here's, here's the deal. We've got a senior VP from the NCAA who goes with us every year and does a basketball camp at every location that we're at every day. We're in a different village. And the, he does a basketball camp because the boys were not coming to the clinics. They said, we're not sick. We don't need to come to a clinic. Well, we still want the young men to come. So we offer the basketball camp. And if the boys come, guess who else comes? Exactly. And half of them give their lives to Christ. And so they begin their new journey. And I'm telling you what, the talent, it's just been amazing. And then construction people. Listen, some of you... You might have a wife that's a, a nurse, and, and, and you're, you're construct, you, you can do construction. Man, you guys can go on a team, uh, trip together, and we room husbands and wives together, all right? We don't split everybody out. So we just want you to know that we'd love to have you on our trip in 2023, and it's June 19th through the 27th, and there's information on the table in the foyer, as well as our prayer cards, and something else that you'll want to look at um, is a, a gift room list, stuff that we hand out. You saw them getting all kinds of gifts as they were going through the line, uh, hygiene items and things of that nature, underwear. I mean, these kids, they, they're, they're they sit down in the dirt with no underwear on. I mean, there's a health issue here. There's so much more. But uh, all of that is on a paper that says gift room list, and you can pick up those items, and we'll get them from you, and we'll put them on a container, and we'll send them to the Dominican Republic. We'll put them in that trailer out there, and we'll take them down to our storage unit in Novi, Michigan, and then we'll put them in a container and send them to the Dominican Republic. They'll leave here May 1st of this next year. Can you say praise the Lord? So we need your help to do that. Praise God. A lot of things. I'll just bring your attention to that table. And my wife, Debbie, right here, my wife of 46 years. Come on. She's kept me around for 46 years, and I'm so blessed, so blessed. And uh, she'll see you at the table. Also, if you like coffee, we have the best coffee in the world. Now, you can taste it out there. We've got it made up. You can taste it. But if you want to take some home, you'll have to buy it. And that helps us to put uh, fuel in the motor coach. How many of you saw that big motor coach? I want you to know that Hope International did not go out and use the gifts that people have given to us in our services to buy that motor coach. Somebody who had a heart for missions who saw us broken down on the side of the road on Facebook for, what, 18 years? 400,000 miles on that old motor coach that was given to us originally. They said to us one year, this isn't going to end. And they took us out, and they bought, not us, but Hope International, that motor coach, free and clear. Come on, somebody give it up. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Man, if you would have won the lottery last night, you would have been shouting louder than that. Something wrong with that. So we just want you to know that we're not living high on God's money. We're, we're living high on God. And all that he has enabled us to do because of your faithfulness. How many of you are, want to hear the word today? 
This is what I love to do. I love to preach the word. I want to talk to you about faith. How many of you believe? Oh, come on. Do you really believe? You see, what it says here in Hebrews, God says that without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes before God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You see, let's get this right, right from the start. God's not willing that any should perish. Can you say amen? amen? But that all should come to repentance. Therefore, the heart of God is evangelism. And evangelism around the world is what we call missions. So missions cannot happen without faith. Get the connection? No wonder the word says that without faith it is impossible to please God. Because the missionaries that go out, they go out with just your encouragement and your prayers, but they've got to have faith that God's going to work and go before them and go beside them and go behind them. Can you say amen? See, the older I get, the more I understand how critical it is in this journey that we're all on, that God has labeled life, that the goal, the aim in our life ought to be, friends, to stay in agreement with God and to stay aligned with him and his word. And if we're going to be people that walk by faith, it requires that we grow accustomed to living this life sometimes with this tension of there being a difference sometimes between what we... <laughs> what we experience and what we expect. Think of it. Do we have any outdoorsmen here? Anybody like to hunt? Like to go fishing? Okay, well, listen. Anyways, I'm going to use the, this example. Anyhow, I am up here in Michigan every year in October and November because I like to go deer hunting. I'm one of those guys that climbs up a tree, sits perched on this little stand, and freezes. And I'm expecting a trophy, white-tailed buck, to come underneath me. And I'm going to go home with that trophy. How many of you understand that I have yet to experience that? This is what I'm talking about. Sometimes what we expect is not what we experience. There's a difference there. Nobody goes out fishing hoping to catch a guppy. They want to catch this big slob of a fish. You see, faith is all about the unseen realm because sometimes what I see differs from what I have revelation of. So I've got to grow accustomed, friends, to living with this tension all this time believing. Say believing. believing. That that which I have revelation of is mine. Even though it hasn't manifested itself in my hand, even though I haven't seen it with my eyes, I have it by revelation so I know it belongs to me because it's in the book. Say it's in the book. So this tension that I'm talking about is actually a fight. It's the good fight of faith. Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, fight the good fight of faith. Because people who are believing constantly live with this tension friends, between what we have revelation of and what is manifest. But when the two come together, we see and we experience fulfilled promises. However, sometimes there are these seasons. They could be days, months. It could be years, long seasons, when that which I know, that which I believe, that which I have revelation of in my heart, I'm just not seeing. 
and we can get discouraged. But God wants us to be people that have faith rooted so deeply in our hearts and our lives, friends, so deeply that it doesn't matter how long it takes to see revelation become reality. We are just going to keep on believing. You see, I believe that God took us to the Dominican Republic to win that nation to him. Not just a couple people, but the entire nation. Aren't you setting your goals a little bit too high, Pastor? Well, you know what? If I can set them just high enough that I can reach, then it's not God. I want to reach that whole nation for him. That's the revelation that he's given me. So it doesn't matter what I see with my human eyes. I'm going to hold on to the revelation in my life, and I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. Now, in the middle of it all, God didn't promise us a cakewalk in the Dominican Republic. This is a fight with the powers of darkness on behalf of an entire nation. Remember, Dominican Republic shares the island with Haiti. Haiti occupies the western one-third. Dominican Republic, the eastern two-thirds of that island called Hispaniola. It's a fight with the powers of darkness on behalf of an entire nation, but the goal is worth every battle that we face. Why? How can I say that? Because I believe. You see, this faith walk that God has called all of us to isn't going to be easy. If you haven't noticed, life isn't easy. Life in the kingdom isn't always easy. But if you'll live it walking by faith and not by sight, you are, not will be, not could be, not might be, but you are right now more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. So now hear me, the enemy of your soul has a goal this morning. And his goal is to silence the sound of faith in your life. And here's why. Because there's an inerrant force in sound. Sound waves hold incredible power. Stand in front of these subwoofers, stand in front of these speakers, take off that, 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 that cloth that's on the front so that you can see the cone of that speaker. And as, it's, as you hear the volume, you see that cone moving in and out. And if it moves in and out enough, you feel something hitting you if you get close enough to it. You see, the force of those sound waves can be visibly seen as well as felt. Everything shakes, and it doesn't have anything to do with the volume, my friends. But the intensity of those waves depends upon the frequency of the sound and the air that it's pushing. You don't feel the volume, but rather the force of those sound waves pushing the air, pushing something in the unseen realm. Are you getting it? Why? Because there's an inerrant force in sound. Turn that frequency higher, and you can actually break glass. Ah! Is it live, or is it? Some of you are old enough to remember that. You see, the medical community still uses sound waves tuned to a specific frequency to break up and explode kidney stones still inside the human body. Why? Because there's an inerrant force in sound. And when that force is joined with faith, it moves things in the unseen realm or dimension and becomes a sound that moves mountains and literally sets captives free. You see, Satan would like nothing more this morning than to silence the sound of faith in your life, to silence evangelism, and to silence missions in your life. Never before in history have we experienced, friends, the enemy unleashing such an attack of all hell's forces to silence the sound of the believer, the sound of faith. 
Before you were even saved, Satan tried to silence you. Acts 2.21 says, whosoever calls, that's a sound, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So before you even made a confession of your faith, Satan tried to silence it. I remember one day, several years ago, when this little girl came into our clinic, led by the mother, and the mother brought her in, and there was absolutely nothing that our team could do for this little girl. Our doctors couldn't help her at all. She was a deaf mute, 12 years old, never spoke, never heard ever before in her life. He said, what do we do, Pastor? I said, take her to the prayer meeting, prayer room. You see, we need intercessors on this team as well. And we need translators on this team as well. And said, take her to the prayer room and pray over Let's believe God to do something supernatural in her life. I mean, back in 2017, we had over 100 and some odd uh, medical miracles take place in our clinic confirmed by our doctors. That's incredible. And so they took her in there, and, and, they, and they prayed over her, and, and, and sooner or later, she comes back out. And, and I said, well, wh what's happening? They said, well, Pastor, God healed her. She can hear now. I said, that's awesome. And I walked up behind her, and she's standing, facing away from me, and I went, and she like, what? And she couldn't believe it. She could actually hear. I said, that's great. Then my prayer director came and said, but pastor, there's something wrong. She still can't speak. What do we do? I said, pray some more. You're on a roll. <laughs> so they took her back in there and prayed. Now, by this time, okay, we need media people too. If you know how to run, know how to run a video camera, hey, we can use you. And to do editing, we can use you. Um, because we, we have media people all over the place because we want to document this stuff. And we actually have this on our website, this little girl. Here we got the, the, the mother standing right here and the little girl standing right here and our prayer director standing right here. And they're praying over this little girl and the mother and then they say to the, the little girl, say mama. And the little girl cocks her head and she says, say, mama. And the little girl looks at her mama and goes, mama. And mama literally, tears coming down her face, drops to the ground, raises her hands, shouting, glory adios, glory adios, which is glory to God, glory to God. I mean, it was just, and we got it on video. Can you believe it? It was amazing. That little girl at that very moment was healed. She heard. She spoke. She got saved. Now that little girl will never be silenced again, friends. Suddenly that little girl became dangerous to Satan's kingdom because something supernatural took place in her life that the powers of darkness could not silence. Hallelujah. Romans 10.9 says this. If you confess, say confess. If you confess with your mouth, in other words, if a sound ever comes out of your mouth that's in agreement with the revelation of who he is in your heart and your life, something supernatural takes place. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So the enemy's goal, friends, has always been to silence the sound of faith in your life. 
I believe personally that it's time for the church to shake off the dust, to arise out of its place of slumber, to take a step up into the battle in the midst of all that we've gone through in the last two years, and to take our stand in the good fight of faith and declare, regardless of what's happening in your life, regardless of how intense the battle may become, regardless of what you see with your natural eyes, there's a revelation in your heart and your life of who he is, hallelujah, and of his promises in his word to you, and you refuse to allow the enemy of your soul to silence the sound of faith in your life. Boy, that was a run-on sentence. I was never good at English. Listen, even after you got saved, the enemy keep, kept trying to silence your voice of faith. In Matthew 17, 20, Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here to there and it'll move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Say nothing. nothing. If you have faith, and make the sound. If your faith ever finds the capacity to produce a sound in your life, then you'll say to this mountain, hallelujah. That's when mountains move from here to there, and nothing is impossible for you. Right now, you have some impossible mountains in your life. God doesn't want them to stay there. He wants to see them move, and it can happen this morning. Because there's a force that moves things in the unseen realm and dimension and becomes manifest in the here and now when we believe and we speak with the sound of faith. I, I'm really tired of watching my Christian friends get all beat up. I'm a pastor at heart. Pastored for 20 years, the church that we planted in Pioneers. We have been doing this for 22 years now. Tired of watching people that I love get beat up live a life defeated, tired of watching the church come over here and cowl over here in the corner and just say, if we can just hold on until Jesus can come. What's up with that? I never read that anywhere in the Word. I see the church advancing. Hello? I'm tired of watching people live way down here when Christ is calling us to come up here and sit with him in heavenly places. I'm tired of watching waves of depression and despair rule and reign over God's children. It wasn't too long ago, one of, the, one of the most devastating natural disasters in history took place in Haiti. I'm talking about the Haitian earthquake. Five days after that hit, quake hit, we were on the ground in Haiti. God told me, I said, God, what do you want me to bring? He said, take morphine. Okay, listen. I'm telling my doctors to take an injectable controlled narcotic into another country. You know how that went over? They're like, Pastor, you can't do that. If you do, we do that, we go to prison. We can't do that. There's, there's a whole bunch of stuff that has to happen legally for us to be able to do that. And I told him, I said, don't worry, I know the president. Because I do. So I called the president's office, told him what we were going to do. He, and we, put, we came in to the Santo Domingo airport down in, in, in lower, in the south side of, uh, of the Dominican Republic with our entire team and $1.5 million of injectable morphine. 
God told us to bring morphine. Besides that, wound care, uh, uh, bandages, all kinds of stuff that would help the people, uh, medicine, uh, antibiotics, uh, topicals, things of that nature. And so we, we got there, and they didn't even open any of our boxes, all of our crates. They wouldn't even open them. They were given orders not to open anything, but to take everything out and put it on the trucks for us. We were on our way to Haiti. We had a military escort. And I'm telling you right now, I praise God that we did because I wouldn't be here if we hadn't had one. Because once we got to the Dominican-Haitian border, we had UN peacekeeping forces with machine guns take us from that place all the way to the Port-au-Prince Airport to where the University of Miami Hospital had set up a hospital complex. And we got there and I said, hey, doc, we've got, this is what we've got for meds. This is what we've got for wound care. I've got five wound care teams. I've got 11 uh, surgeons. I've got uh, one uh, pharmacist. And, and then I've got, and, and he said, what else do you have? I said, God told me to bring morphine. I got $1.5 million in morphine here. He said, you brought morphine? I said, yes, sir. He said, get it out, get it into the, into the, uh, get it into the uh, 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 surgical uh, tent right away. We're doing amputations with local anesthetic. He said, you are an answer from God. This is just an answer from God. So what, what, we did that, and okay, we had... Uh, four pastors and one businessman with us. What are we going to do? We can't speak Creole. So what they did is they told us to go down to the morgue, which is about 300 yards down from the hospital tent, and start emptying out the morgue. They had people in body bags down there for five days already. They said, go down, you guys are pastors, take them, put them on the flatbed truck, then take them over and take them down to the end of the runway. We have a big hole there. It's a mass grave. You guys can do that with respect. Okay. This is not exactly what we thought we were going to be doing, but then we didn't know what we were going to be doing. We're here to serve. So we went down and started doing that, taking the body bags out one at a time, putting them on the truck to take down to the end of the runway. And suddenly, a sound came from one of the body bags. Now, it wasn't a bodily noise, okay? This was a distinct sound. And then we're all looking at each other. Who's going to be the man of God of faith and power and going to unzip the bag and look? It's a very real question. It was crazy. Finally, one of us, I think it was Bob Ona from up in Fargo, North Dakota, Pastor Bob unzipped it. Here's this Haitian. He's looking at us, and he's blinking at us to let us know that he's alive. That man had been put in the morgue four days earlier. No vital signs. He had a broken femur, he had a broken back, he was suffering from dehydration and um, hypothermia, believe it or not. And we got him out of there, we got him up to the hospital, they took care of him there, and then they life-flighted him out to the hospital ship in the harbor. The comfort, the U.S. comfort from the United States was there as well. And I want you to know 
praise God, he made a full recovery. Can you say praise the Lord? Amen. But what would have happened if he hadn't made a sound? Think about it. I'm tired of the enemy stealing from us, beating us up and leaving us for dead in the morgue of life. Like that Haitian, friends, we can't stay silent and let the world and the powers of darkness bury us. Hallelujah. We've got to release out of our mouths a sound of faith and, and, and let the powers of darkness know and let this world around us know that we are not dead. We are alive. We're full of faith that moves mountains and sets captives free. We're full of faith that sends missionaries around the world. Now, this is important. There's a sound that comes from those who believe that he is. You see, and that sound isn't relegated to these four walls. You see, we can make the sound here on Sunday, but what about on Monday? How about where the rubber meets the road, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, maybe even Saturday? How about when things go wrong at work, when the doctor gives you the bad news, when the economy has slapped you in the face and the bills start stacking up? How about when your relationship with your wife or your husband seems irreparable and your spouse walks out on you? That's when we struggle the most. It's totally understandable, friends. But that's when it's time for the sound of faith. You see, there will be times when our faith is rocked. That's okay. If you've ever been in a place where your faith has been shaken, it's okay. It doesn't mean that you've missed out with God or that God has turned his back on you. It just means that you have a fight on your hands. It just means it's time to make a sound. It just means you can't let your voice be silenced. And it may take every bit of Holy Ghost strength to raise your hands and just to eke out a few words, but you've got to do it. I still believe. Just don't let your voice of faith be silenced. If you still believe that he is, you got to make the sound. So what is the sound? Psalms 118, verse 15, New American Standard Version. This is how it says it. The sound of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. It doesn't say that the sound of the rejoicing and salvation is in the tents or the homes of those who have no problems, no challenges, no obstacles, all their bills paid, no health issues, and a full 401k. <laughs> Just doesn't say. No, it says the sound of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous, friends. And that's who you are. Romans says you are the righteousness of God through faith. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that you are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus our Lord. So if there's really an accompanying sound that goes with my belief, it's the sound of rejoicing. It's the sound of praise, hallelujah. Because it doesn't matter what's going on in my life, I still believe that he is. Why? Because I believe. Am I getting too loud? I took my hearing aids out. They drive me nuts. And so I may get loud, I'll just blame it on that. Well, don't you have things going on inside in your life, Pastor? Don't you have some, don't you have, sure, I got struggles. Sure. 
Got to raise close to $100,000 before May of this next year. Do those things matter? Yeah. But you got to understand, friends, I see it. I recognize it. I'm not ignoring it. I'm just magnifying my God in the midst of it. You see, I, I, I couldn't whine on the side of the road with a broken down motor coach in the wintertime with the old motor. I knew God had a plan. But we just got to trust him for that plan. Can you say amen? And magnify him in the midst of the difficulties. Why? Because I refuse to allow my voice, my sound of faith to be silenced. The psalmist said, magnify the Lord with me. Why? Because he's bigger than my obstacles. Let us exalt his name together. Why? Because if you don't magnify him, then the enemy will magnify your problems. When you magnify the Lord, when you put him under a magnifying glass, it's important to understand that you don't change what you're seeing there. But you will see him more clearly than you've ever seen him before. When I'm fighting the good fight of faith, I need to see him more clearly than I see my problems. Come on, somebody shout amen. amen. Next. The next sound of faith that comes from those who, the lips of those who believe that he is is the sound of prayer. The sound of prayer. You'd be surprised how many believers I come across who don't pray. I'm like, seriously? People who don't pray are not mission supporters. People that don't pray, I start scratching my head and wondering if they're saved. Because, see, when you pray, you're praying believing, say believing, that somebody's going to hear your prayers and answer them. And the Bible says that he hears the cries of his children and he answers them. So not, we're not praying to the air. We're not praying to the wind. We're praying to a God in heaven who gave his only begotten son to die on a cross for our sins so that we can have life more abundant. Hello. Faith finds its expression through the sound of prayer. Wow. But I've been praying. And I've been praying and nothing's happening. Pastor, what do I do? Keep praying. Don't stop. Jesus declared in Matthew 6, 6, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut the door, pray to your fathers in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. But if you never go to the place of prayer, friends, I can guarantee you, you will never see the rewards. But what if it takes a long time? Seriously? I can promise you, if you don't pray, if you don't let faith find its expression through the sound of prayer in your life, you will never see the rewards. And if you don't let faith find its expression through your giving to missions, you will never see the rewards. Pastor knows the story of how we started. What we had to invest out of our own finances to start Hope International. And we've never recouped it. But you know what? I'm not worried about it. 
because he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the hills too. He can take care of us. Listen, Matthew 7, chapter 8, Jesus declared, For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it's opened. You see, if you ask, he will answer. I mean, this is Jesus. I mean, believe him. If you seek, you will find him. If you knock, it will be open, not just for some, but for everyone. But if you never make the sound. Mark chapter 11, verse 24, Jesus instructed us saying, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Because the Bible says he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There are rewards for those who refuse to allow their faith to be silenced. Does anybody here believe in rewards? Ladies, I can guarantee you, if I came out and I grabbed your purse, I would find rewards in your purse. This is how I describe it. I describe it as currency from hell. It's called Kohl's cash. (laughs) Y'all getting it now. My wife says, look at how much money I saved you. And they gave me money back. And she shows me this Monopoly money. I'm like, I can't buy gas with that. What is up with this? But yeah, but look at how much money I saved you. Is anybody identifying with what I'm saying here right now? But guys, be careful, okay? Because I can go into your wallets and I can find those reward credit cards that gives you rewards so that you can get a coffee once you get enough points by buying gas. My favorite reward card is Bass Pro. Just happens to be. But there are rewards. Let me talk to you real quick about rewards. The woman with the issue of blood. Many of you know the story of the woman with the issue of blood. It's found in Matthew chapter 9. I can't read the whole thing. But what happened is, is that people were all around Jesus, everywhere around Jesus. And this high society woman, rich, wealthy woman, she had everything. And, and, and she had this issue of blood, a flow of blood. And she was losing blood. And how many of you remember life is in the blood? All life is in the blood. And when the blood is gone, so are you. Hello? So she was losing blood. And there was no way to stop it. And she spent all of her money. Now this high society woman was nothing but a beggar. And she was trying to figure out how to get to Jesus because she heard about Jesus and she believed that Jesus could touch her and heal her. And in spite of there being no way to get to Jesus, this is how she found herself. She found herself on her hands and knees and she was crawling. She's this high You know what? If you want a miracle from God, you've got to get rid of your pride. You know, we're so prideful. We don't want to ask. We don't want to go to... Listen, Jesus said, if you don't ask, you won't receive. So this woman, she's, she's... I believe that she didn't get down on her hands and knees so that she could find a way to Jesus. I believe that she was so weak and anemic from the loss of blood, she was already there. She was already there in the dirt and the mire and crawling between everybody's legs, probably very difficult thing for her to do. 
but she finally got to Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but if I finally got to Jesus, I'm going to grab him. I'm going to put I'm going to put a hold on his leg. She's not getting away. Okay? Or I'm going to reach up and I'm going to grab his hand. Or I'm going to put my arms around his waist. You know? But the Bible says that that didn't happen. Bible says that when she got to Jesus, she had to reach up. Now, the hem of the garment that she reached up and grabbed a hold of was somewhere between five and seven inches above the ground. That's all she had strength for. That's what I believe. She didn't have strength to do anything more than that. Well, I believe she would have grabbed a hold of him and said, man, I'm not letting go unless you bless me. She reached up and she touched the hem of his garment and immediately something went out of Jesus and went into her. And the Bible says, the scriptures actually tell us that she stood up and she was healed. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to see something here. She's known for pressing through the crowd, but what we miss is that she made a sound. It doesn't matter if anybody else hears the sound. What matters is that you make the sound. You see, in verse 29 there of Matthew chapter 9, it says that she said to herself, have you ever said anything to yourself before? Have you ever responded? Because that's a whole other problem. You'll have to take that up with them later, Pastor. She said to herself, she said, if only I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Wow. She said it to herself. She made the sound of what she believed. Her brother didn't have to hear it. Her sister didn't have to hear it. The disciples didn't have to hear it. The crowd didn't have to hear it. She made the sound. Her faith was demonstrated, and God healed her. Look at your neighbor and say, say something. See, the sound doesn't have to be a sophisticated, theologically eloquent prayer, polished dialogue between you and the Almighty. Just a sound. I find it very interesting. She didn't even quote a scripture. She didn't sing a song. No one spoke a word over her or prophesied over her or even anointed her with oil. All of that is good. That's fine. We read about it in the New Testament. It's good. She just said, if I only can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. She declared the revelation that was in her heart, that who he was, who he said he was, the Son of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and with a sound of faith, her revelation met her expectations. Come on, somebody shout amen. i got to wind this up. Maybe you'll just have to come to the second service to hear the rest of it. Mark chapter 10, verse 47, you got the blind, poor beggar man, Bartimaeus. He heard that Jesus was coming. He's sitting on the side of the road. Faith comes by hearing. When he heard it was Jesus, something awakened within him. He didn't make a sophisticated sound. He didn't say anything under his breath to himself. He didn't make a religious sound. He let out a sound of desperation that was driven by the revelation of who he knew Jesus was in his heart. And he refused to allow anyone to silence him as he cried out, Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me. Man, it was a sound of desperation. It was birthed by faith, believing that Jesus could heal him. Listen, there are times when you just need to cry out to God. Don't be afraid. 
You see, the raw, unsophisticated cry of that desperate, blind, poor beggar man got Jesus' attention that day. And that day, Bartimaeus was healed because he refused to be silenced. Wow. I could tell you so much more. I, I, I got to put, put a caboose on this. Paul was a great man of faith, a great man of God. He had a lot to say about faith. He wrote half the New Testament. In 2 Timothy 1.12, Paul said, For this reason, I also suffered these things. Paul, this great man of God, this great man of faith, walking in the will of God, and he suffered. He was imprisoned several times. He was beaten and left for dead. He was beaten with 39 lashes three times, friends. And Paul wrote, For this reason, I also suffered these things. You may be in a place this morning where life has handed you some things, some junk. Maybe you're at a place right now where you, your life doesn't at all look at all like the revelation that you had in your heart and your life for yourself 20 years ago. I mean, my wife and I, we got married. We moved into a trailer at Central Bible College. And here I am 46 years later in a trailer in your parking lot. <laughs> I didn't see it coming. Just didn't see it coming. But things happen. Here's the thing. Paul ended by saying, nevertheless, I am not ashamed. He went through all of that. And he wasn't ashamed. Here's what I want you to get from this. First of all, that many of you have needs that, 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 that are going to take a miracle to resolve. And God says, listen, if you'll see what my, my servants have been through and see that they went through all of that and they were not ashamed, no matter what. Job, Job cried out, though you slay me, yet yeah, will I trust thee. All that he went through. Can I tell you that you have tens of thousands of missionaries in this fellowship around the world who have laid it all down and said, God, doesn't matter what you what happened to me, I'm gonna trust you. And I'm gonna tell everybody about you. That's who you have sent. That's what these flags represent. They represent lives, families, husbands and wives who some over the years have buried their children on the foreign soil and they themselves have been buried there and never come home. And some of them gave all of that up and they never experienced a single convert until generations later when what they did, the seeds that they planted, brought forth incredible harvests 
from the next missionaries that came. Do you see, God doesn't miss a beat. But missionaries can't go unless you send them. And they can't get there by the skin of their teeth. They need you to exercise your sound of faith, not by little coins, but by the sound of paper crinkling. Are you hearing me, friends? I'm not talking for myself. I'm talking about the people whom these flags represent. Listen. I don't know if I was supposed to do this at the front or at the end, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask the prayer partners, those of you that are prayer partners, to come to this altar, please, if you would. And uh, please just come at this time. Musicians could come. We could have some background music going. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say as they're coming. I told you the story about my son when I was here in 2009. When my son was three years old, they told us at the University of Michigan Hospital in Ann Arbor that he would not live to see his 16th birthday because he had Crohn's disease. We took him for prayer down to Fahola family camp and they prayed over him and nothing happened. But we said, you know what? This book is what we need to believe. So we believe the word of the Lord. He started getting better and better. He started gaining weight. And I don't, I don't think it's any coincidence that today, my son turned 42 years old. Yeah. yeah. 42 years old, never had an operations for Crohn's disease, an incurable terminal disease. And not only that, but listen, friends, they found no Crohn's in his body. It's gone. All right. So that's the God that we serve. And God had a plan and a purpose for my boy. He's pastoring just outside of Washington, D.C. today. You know, I don't know where you're at right now in your need for a miracle. But I'm gonna, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet if you need a miracle in your life or the life of a loved one. One two, three, wherever you are. You need a miracle in your life or the life of a loved one. Just stand to your feet. Don't be ashamed. Nobody else can help you except for the one that gave his life for you. Okay, remember when Paul said, nevertheless, this is where I lose people. You say, nevertheless, God, I'm going to ask you to heal my boy. But Debbie and I had to get to the point where we said, God, even if you don't, you're still God. You're still the King of Kings and you're still the Savior of the world. And so if you're willing to say, God, this is what my need is, 
this is the miracle I need, but nevertheless, whether you do what I want you to do or not, you're still sovereign in my life. You do as you please, and I'm still going to bless you, and I'm still going to obey you and serve you. If you're willing to say nevertheless, and you're standing right now, step out of your seat and come down to this altar real quick. Come on, come on, come on. Come on down. Come on. Come on, we got people that want to pray with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My goodness. You know, all of you that are standing at this altar, would you just kind of like connect? Come on in here a little bit closer and connect together, would you? I, I don't see any other way to do this right now, but can you just put a hand on the shoulder of the person next to you? And let's just connect with one another and let me pray for you right now. Father God, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray for those that are at this altar, Lord. I pray, Father, for the miracles that are needed here in the lives of your children. And we believe you for the seemingly impossible, God, because, Lord, with you, all things are possible. Hallelujah. So I thank you, Father God, that as we declare your word over your church today, that God, you are going to do the seemingly impossible in their lives, Lord God, according to your will, Lord. We submit ourselves to your will, and no matter what you do, we're going to say like the Apostle Paul, nevertheless, I am not ashamed. Hallelujah. I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed. Come on, say that with me right now. I am not ashamed. Everyone up here at this altar together, say it with me. I am not ashamed. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Now look up here just for a second, if you would, please. Give me your attention, if you would, for just a moment here. I, I, need, to, I, need, to, I need to give you one last instruction here. It's very important for all of you that are at this altar. When we had my son at the altar at Fahola praying for him, we felt nothing. Nothing. We felt nothing. Do you understand that you're not saved by feelings? And that miracles don't happen by feelings? It's all predicated upon faith. Are you hearing me? all about faith so you've been at this altar and you've asked God so I want you to when you leave this altar you say nevertheless God I believe I believe I believe I believe now listen you have been given some if we can bring up the house lights a little bit let me show you something here We've, been give, we've given you some slips here, and they're very important. One of them is your faith promise giving. Listen, the things that God has done in the Dominican Republic doesn't happen except people like you send us. And we are just an example of hundreds of others, literally thousands of others in our fellowship that are sent by our churches around the world 
to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want you to consider doing something. I'm going to challenge you. Whatever you did last year, double it. We're talking about faith this morning. Whatever you did last year, double it. And if you make that pledge from your heart, not just off the cuff, but because you really feel like something resonated in your heart when I said that, I have absolutely no doubt whatsoever that God will fulfill that need. 100%. And so we want you to fill the faith promise giving pledge card out and get it back in. The second thing is the Hope International Ministries card. Your pastor would like to support our pastor's conference this year in 2022 we had just under 2,000 pastors in our conference cost us over $30,000 to run that conference because we pay for a lunch which is only $5 we bring them a Spanish book because they have absolutely no resource material to work with and then we have to rent the facility we have to bus them in from all over the country and then we have to take care of them. I mean, sound systems for the youth pastors conference, the, past, the pastors conference, and the ladies conference, it's just incredible. It's incredible. But it has literally changed the face of that nation. Because we've been able to put the word into the hearts of those pastors. And those pastors have gone back to their communities and they put the word into their people and it is changing the face of the nation. That's why God has given us uncommon favor in that country. And you can look at all the different things that it costs. We ask that you sow, so heavily, so deeply, so knowing that your seed is going to go into soil that's going to produce great fruit in Jesus' name. Pastor, would you come? love it. We love you, Kurt. And Debbie just slipped out. She'll meet you in the lobby. Uh, we sent these cards out in advance. I'm going to just ask that you hang tight. We have not in a couple years received an offering on a regular basis, but today we want to pass the bucket. And uh, Sean, if you could get your team ready for that. Uh, with the pastor's conference, the goal is $39,000. Uh, for to cover the, all of the expenses for up to 2,500 pastors. And then there's breakdowns, and hopefully you've been praying over this and just considering what you could do. The other thing is between this week and next week, we want 100% of us uh, to consider a faith promise to say, hey, we're going to get behind uh, the missions department, how we support missionaries like Kurt and Debbie Holthus. Uh, right now we're ser we serve and uh, give to over 100 missionaries. We want to see that double uh, in my tenure here at the Gateway Church uh, to, to be supporting over 200 missionaries uh, every single month. And we do that through faith promise giving. And I know our time is a little short this morning, but uh, what I want us to do is I want, as we pass the bucket, I want us to, to give our faith promise uh, commitments uh, and then also to give, uh, if you use one of our envelopes, um, basically, you just put Pastors Conference 
Dominican Republic. You can put Kurt Holthus or Hope International. Any of those things will do. My wife and I are giving this morning, and uh, we are excited to do so. We want you to join us. So let me pray, and then after we, after the bucket is passed, I want you to stand, and we'll uh, finish out this song. The pastor is going to lead us in, Pastor Bobby, and uh, let's just pray and believe that God is going to provide not only for uh, for the Dominican Republic, but for your needs as well. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that today you do something supernatural here. Lord, that you would provide. Lord, speak to our hearts. And Lord, help us to speak up and to sound our faith. Lord, through our giving and through our prayer. Lord, I pray that you would just provide for this pastor's conference as we sow seeds, as we will participate as a church in 2023. Lord, we're all these months early. Lord, we're sowing seeds. And God, I pray that there will be no lack, no delay. And in regards to faith promise, Lord, I pray that we would see our faith promise giving double in this next year. God, do it among us. Lord, have your way. And we give you the praise. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand. And you can pass the buckets. And then we will continue to worship. have that same attitude. Here we are. Send us. Use us. If you can get it to us, you can get it through us, whether it's funds, whether it's gifts, whether it's time, Lord. I believe that there are people here that you are calling. There are people here that you are encouraging, not just with missions, Lord, but even in their own personal faith, Lord. Lord, and we just thank you for Pastor Kurt and Debbie and pray that you would just be with them, be with Hope International, Lord, and help us uh, to be the Aaron and hers, to be the people to come alongside them, to help lift up their hands and support them in the work that they're doing in the Dominican, Lord. But we pray, let missions start here in our hearts as we go out into a lost, hurting, and broken world that we might be your hands, your feet, extension of who you are as the body of Christ to our lost community. We give you the praise and glory. I know that as we do that, you'll go before us, behind us, and all around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. You can go in the grace of God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.